This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to Post Show Recaps coverage of The Crown. My name is Grace. We're here to chat about Season 5, Episode 8, Gunpowder. And of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Shannon. Shannon, how are you doing? Grace, I'm doing well. I feel like I should come into this podcast just like giving a ton of exposition in this really dramatic way, in a way that people really don't speak. <laughs> because I feel like that was so much of this episode. I'm just trying to work my way into how I would talk like that and not like a human. Well, there's three of us in this podcast. So it's a bit crowded, you know? Yeah, well, There's only two of us. So it's yeah. not crowded at all. Yeah. That would be a really good way to introduce a guest if we don't have one. That would so be good, yeah. We should have just had a guest. Oh, we should have. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, let's let's get a guest quickly so we can have that line make sense. Yeah, we'll retake this. Um, yeah. Well, we get sort of the second of the two-parter, as, as you guessed correctly last episode, that uh, the interview would come immediately. And it does. Uh, we get the episode that revolves around uh, basically the BBC approving the actual interview, Bashir giving the interview, and the fallout, aka the gunpowder that explodes by the end of this um, by the end of this episode. Uh, just a quick reminder: postrecaps.com/slash/the crown. Make sure you're subscribed to our specific feed. 
Rating and reviewing even late in the season is much appreciated. What did you think of episode eight, Gunpowder, Shannon? Well, I hate to come in and be critical. Actually, I, I enjoyed large parts of it. I feel like that's what I come on every week and mm-hmm. say. I think the subject matter is really interesting. I actually thought the interview would be the first thing when I said like immediately. Like, right. That's why I said that I felt right. like it could have been attached to the last episode. Clearly, I was wrong. I didn't realize there was like a whole bunch more to the process, which is totally fair. And then we gotta get like- we gotta get BBC Chairman Duke, uh, the Duke. Yeah, involved. yeah. And like, I get it. I mean, that stuff actually like it. There was like this conflict about it. It is like strangely thematically relevant to the season in terms of like progress and change versus like you know tradition. But uh, yeah, I actually thought it would be at the beginning, and then there'd be the fallout. Now, obviously, next episode will be like the continued fallout from it. Um, and I thought like some of this is some of the most fascinating stuff that's been on the crown. I mean, the the impact that this TV interview had is obviously immense. The fact mm-hmm. that it was so unscrupulous to get it, the fact that the BBC actually did act, like have this conflict about it and really wrestled with it. It's all really fascinating. So I thought that was really interesting. I feel like from a storytelling perspective, was this the most like dramatic episode of the crown that they've ever done? That like, cause genuinely like, again, this one, like the first couple of scenes they come in, and it like the, the, like it it kind of makes it hard to even uh, like connect with Juki as a character because so much mm-hmm. of what he has to do at the beginning is just like this extreme exposition where he's talking about like his point of view versus Bert's John Bert's point of view, mm-hmm. uh, and I just felt like this is not how human beings talk. And then like they point out their own metaphors at least two times. This is yeah, like we're, it, we're furniture that can be rearranged, you know. And it's just like oh okay, well, yeah, oh. The mm-hmm. furniture, I don't know, there's more like the TV, even the TV's the a metaphor. TV. Even like Diana's like, I didn't choose that date for the symbolism. And they do not one, but two, two days. of yeah. the montages over oh, yeah. something symbolic thing. You know, like I'm like, you, the, the crown loves to do that, as we were talking about with like death versus hunting. But like, you get one per episode. You get to just, just do the guy forks thing. You don't also get like the one night only, which I think worked a little worse. So I think really oh, interesting yeah. subject matter. I might have just taken a little bit of like, the melodrama out of the tank. Cause I feel like because the subject matter is so dramatic in and of itself, it may like lead Peter Morgan to his like worst impulses to be like his most dramatic self. And it's just like a little bit too much for me. I think I agree. I think in terms of you saying that like it, you know, you thought it was going to come at the beginning of, or the, yeah, the beginning of the episode. I still think these two episodes could have been combined. I think that there's probably enough. I get, I guess the one piece is, her relationship with Hasna Khan is maybe the thing that you you have to rearrange. You have to put somewhere else, probably. But I think this whole thing with Martin Bashir and then Steve, who I guess that's his editor, and then there's yeah. um, the guy from the BBC and Duke. Like this to me, all is more interesting with 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 some of this context. I, mean, I feel like you could have incorporated Martin Bashir lying about some of the stuff that he lies to uh diana and her brother about in last episode with this like because i feel like that makes the fact that john burt is pushing not pushing he's so he's wavering but the more that martin bashir can show him how important the interview will be that he's like okay we have to run it even if duke is going to be mad at me and the queen's going to be mad at me so i feel like there was a better way to write these stories and put them all in one other the only thing here is that like the Hasan Khan stuff I don't see how it like I think you that just is a totally separate thing and maybe that's the problem that there's too much happening with Diana all at one sort of time for it to work because they have to meet before the interview or like during you know so a little tricky but 
I would agree it's like a very dramatic episode for certainly something that is dramatic. Like the interview is a big deal, but I don't know. I almost feel like the show in some ways wasted the moment <laughs> in, uh, uh, in some ways of like, this could have been a really good one. And I, I don't know that this is going to be that memorable for me coming out of season five. Well, they do, yeah, spread it out over that two-parter. They, they're probably thinking there's a lot of content in this. We're going to do one kind of like Bashir episode and then he just like extends that in this episode by being somehow even more of a supervillain telling her that her brother has been turned. And I did look it up. I don't know if that's true, obviously, but her brother has said, again, like it's crazy how recent this stuff is. Like his remarks on this are a couple of months ago, but oh, his wow. brother has said that he was already seeing the inconsistencies at the beginning and told her that and thought that that meant the interview was done. And I haven't seen any like, factual information about why she didn't really take that into account and still did the interview with him so I mean I guess if you take some dramatic license like it's possible that he said your brother is like maybe turned against you it would certainly feel right in theme and like again like in, in the character that we've gotten from him like it could be at that level we don't know exactly what it is but she still went ahead with it so it is extremely dramatic so they took like the the Mata Bashir stuff to be kind of like the first half and then they had to also pass out the BBC stuff which is I, I I totally agree an important thing a real conflict that happened and part of again this theme of progressing versus tradition that like I, I think as much as there was exposition in it I think it did really explain to me like why it was so important that this happened on the BBC and all the connections mm -hmm. that like the royals have to the BBC and how connected the monarchs are to kind of this form of news uh, and like that show, because I think that we've said like Diana would have probably done the interview anyway, but maybe like with another network. So the fact that, that Marta Bashir got her to do it with the BBC is extremely important. And the fact that the BBC are now still suffering for it and it has become very recently like this international embarrassment and this like scandal based on how the, the interview was obtained. That's very important too. Like it's not a good look for the BBC. So I get why that had to be. They, they felt like this was a lot of content. Let's just kind of like cut it in half. But like, for me, maybe there were just better ways to do it. I would have, again, appreciated more of like a modern Bashir specific episode last time. Let's go into his personal life and find out why he's so evil. Everyone has to have a reason. No one must just be like that. Um, and then maybe this time do kind of what they've done with those themes, but maybe just like, it was just truly some of the clunkiest writing I've ever seen on the crown. It was, it, the whole episode was, you know, it's not the prime minister's children who has lost its out. I was like, that would be, that was the whole episode. So I just felt like it was just very extreme in its writing. I liked it. Like even like the structural points I thought were okay. The theming I thought was fine. I just would have liked a little bit less acknowledgement of their own symbolism. Like I get enough of the analogies on survival without it being the whole crown as well. <laughs> yeah. They're really suffering. Yeah. Really suffering through like a million yeah. metaphors uh, in tribal council and survivor. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I uh, agree. I think that it makes sense why they're here. I actually, I, I, I'm I really starting to, I was hoping that the back half would really pick up. And it's funny because I did want Diana content. That's what I mm. felt like was like partially missing from the first of the season. But I feel like it's really, it's spinning its wheels a little bit. The, the fact that, yeah, this becomes too separate episodes on this on this one interview i think is a little tough i mean um even to the fact of like i don't know that um the crown has the same pull as uh stranger things but stranger things is doing like 
90 minute episodes like 90 to like two hour uh, right. episodes make like, this like a tv special like she had like have like yeah. an extended episode with all of it yeah yeah and so i i i, I do really like the the john burt versus duke thing especially duke not really even knowing this is happening and i feel like there's such an interesting story that can be told there in terms of that john burt puts his neck on the line uh for something that he believes in without knowing that it's all happening um shadily that 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 martin bashir is is tampering you know faking evidence uh to show diana to convince her to do this i think that's like you know that that um they're the progressives but also uh at what cost uh the, mm. the, the bbc right that like uh it, it it you know this interview is really good for diana's uh uh pure and also partially maybe it's to blame for the end of her life so i think that's like really fascinating and like duke being right but wrong like yeah should do something like this but 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 the fact that it's actually happening because of fake evidence i think is like is a really fascinating thing that i feel like that's not really what the episode is interested in and i said this before that i i, I want more content that is that is about how people are affected by the crown and it's not like the 90s were not a tumultuous time in in england you know they've mentioned the recession before that there was like a thing in episode one hasn't really come up at all since then um john major in this episode is only just watching the interview is like the only thing we get yeah um, he's from really him. been kind of wasted as a prime minister yeah and so I, yeah it's just i feel like uh, so I, what i want what i've said is like more of the you know, viewpoints of how people view the monarchy, especially because I think this is such a thing that's so fascinating about Princess Diana is that she like seemingly should be the perfect princess and the system is like, she she, she did not feel welcome. She's like othered in that system and pushed out. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the Diana and Elizabeth scene at the end of the episode um, and how the queen sort of defends her, her you know, how she's treated. Um, diana and so i want more of that like yeah what do the public think and we often get it from the show from journalists like newspapers tv like a tv interview um and yet i feel like this was a little bit of a just a big it's a little bit of a miss for me even though i think I, I, and again not to say i feel like pretty much every episode of the crown i like i do enjoy this just the show just hits such high highs that this season just feels like a little bit of a, a letdown compared to mm. what we've seen the show be able to to do and peter morgan be able to do that's the other unfortunate thing it's the same guy who wrote season one and season two and three and four yeah no i totally agree i mean part of me feels that like the crown at its best had kind of like the period piece drama of kind of like the romanticism of, and the like regality of the 50s which we've lost because like i was alive during this stuff like yeah. it's so recent i'm continuously struck by how recent this was like for example when i was looking up juki's wife like the senior lady in waiting she's been in controversially in the news this very week but oh. her, her wikipedia page it was like on like november 29 2022 i'm like wait that was two days ago <laughs> like no mm. that's how that's how um recent it is and i kind of think the show suffers a little bit without getting kind of 
like the the whimsy of the past or kind of yeah just like the drama of that like maybe I would be okay more with them talking in such a strange dramatic way if I felt like well this was decades ago you know mm-hmm. compared to like this was like the 90s you know and even then I, I feel like a lot of this was not how people would talk but I do feel like maybe that modernism doesn't suit the crown as well but season four overcame that because it was just such interesting content told so well and there is like this kind of prince princess toxic fairy tale thing at the beginning of Charles and Diana so it kind of goes into that whimsy in its own right and now it's just like people very recently not having a good time um but I do think the crown is still really good at examining like nuance and complexity and like how many things can be true at once and I think a lot of that is set up through the context we've been given through multiple seasons of understanding the system and understanding how people suffer for it and then become it and I think we're seeing a lot of that with Diana like I do actually think they've told Diana in a very interesting way through the season and shown those flaws but still in a way that you have extreme sympathy for her but she's not just like protected by this like perfect reputation which no one is and I think they've told that really well I think they also continue to do that with something like the BBC like I felt there was some interesting stuff in this this fight that they were having this thematic fight that again was true there was real conflict around this about like the main debate being it will kill the BBC or it will come to define it mm-hmm. and that's the argument and I kind of felt like we don't have a perfect answer to that and that's good like that's true both of those things are like kind of wrong and right like in the way that for example Juki is defending not progressing to that point he doesn't know that Martin Bashir is doing this in such an evil way but he's kind of talking about it like it could get to that point like if you're willing to kind of start going to this more like gutter journalism place if we're going to start allowing ourselves to be that kind of media who knows where it could go now it went to the very very worst but this is being obtained in the most unscrupulous ways but he doesn't necessarily know that but it's like well it could if we're going to that place anything like that could be true and it was um and I think in many ways like it it obviously was like a kind of a big disconnect then between the BBC and the Royals um and it has been this embarrassment for the BBC now and like in many ways it is much much worse but then you think about how it defines it like of course the BBC has to keep up or get out you know like that's how all media has to be we have to keep evolving if they hadn't done that and the things that John Burt did like if he hadn't done that and like digitalized it and things like that then it probably doesn't exist today because that's not like a medium of tv that's still relevant so that's very important and I think that based on the research that I did that is kind of how John Burt was looked at as the DG as they call him like he was controversial and there were things that people disagreed with or felt like it commercially wasn't working, but he also did evolve them to a point where they could even survive. So I think that complexity is really interesting with like within that debate. I also think it's interesting that Dukey would say, you know, there's like no ethics or morals in progressing. And again, some of that is very correct, but also mm-hmm. the ethics and morals of just putting out like kiss the ring pieces as they say it, because you're so tied to this like national institution is also not good journalism. So there's a lot of complexity in that, especially as someone in the media that I find really interesting. It does thematically work very, very well for the season. And I did enjoy that part of it being like, they didn't give us a perfect answer because there is no perfect answer on whether it will kill or define the BBC because in many ways, both things are true. Yeah. I, yeah. And so, and that's where I sort of come back to this of like, uh, I like, so you have to do, you have to do this, episode about this thing so specifically about the interview um and then because martin bashir fakes the evidence to convince Mm -hmm. diana to do it you have to dive in there and then you sort of they i guess then they choose to do the john burt uh dookie stuff right like like i i guess the the thing i'm wondering i guess 
I mean, when did when did some of the stuff come out about uh, the Martin Bashir stuff? Because I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out the way. Yeah, so they definitely would have they would have already like uh, it would have all a lot of it would have been out by the time they like filmed. And so I wonder. Yeah, 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 definitely. But the thing I'm wondering is like uh, is whether the timeline like so this is a very interesting situation where the historical event that they're depicting has new newish information around probably around the time Peter Morgan is writing season five. And so he's sort of having to, it, it does feel a little bit like you, like what you were saying that if, 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 if this show starts like five years before it actually did, we get a very different episode about like Martin Bashir is painted totally differently. Uh, the, the whole interview is probably completely wrapped up in like what a good thing that it happened that she got to finally speak her mind. And instead it's written very differently. But I also wonder if like, is it too soon? Like the fact that there's not really a thesis statement about the BBC. Like, I wonder if that's, due to like the sort of the timing of this new of the news coming out peter morgan deciding to write it to write it and the thing is the show is very good at like sort of helping like wrap up and tell us a story even if we realize it's like not exactly the truth it's still a fictionalized piece of, of media but to make a point about something about something that happened an event like um uh, Aberfan or or like King Charles's speech you know these are the ones that stick out in my mind that he he can take that and like craft a narrative out of the historical event even if we know that like yeah Charles speech wasn't really about you know being isolated from the family it's just the interpretation that he chooses to put on but this is an event that's so recent that it feels like Peter Morgan is having a bit of bit of a tough time to actually like actually place a narrative on the thing and i'm not saying he should but i do feel like that feels evident to me coming out of these two episodes so like i'm not really sure what he's trying to say i get what he's trying to say about the way elizabeth is looking for control i think last episode is so much like at the end of the episode is her driving in the car like her feeling like yeah now i'm in control i'm gonna do what i want to do i'm gonna date this uh this diana, heart surgeon yeah. diana yeah sorry yeah. did i say elizabeth sorry so diana that I, I I get that. And then this interview is like her choosing to do that. Then she kind of like realized, I don't know whether she regrets it or not, but Elizabeth being like, well, it's going to air on our anniversary. So that's, yeah, that kind of sucks. <laughs> and like, I don't actually say bad things about you. I like, you know, I think Diana, Elizabeth doesn't really, I don't think like she could definitely do more, but I think like in this, in this moment, I think Diana does feel, maybe feel a little bit bad. And so I think all of that stuff worked really well for me. It's sort of tying it all up in like, the larger BBC narrative that I think, I don't know if Peter Morgan is just like too soon for this stuff to come out that he was able to like craft a perfect narrative, but he kind of had to include it. Yeah. Uh, well, it is, I mean, it is very recent. I can kind of see what it would have been now if it was like 2018, right. because the Martin Bashir stuff, we wouldn't have had enough of it to do an entire episode on it because it hadn't come out yet. I think we would have got basically this We just episode. would have got the BBC thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. With like hints to what Martin Bashir had done because there was some stuff there that it would have been like, oh, that's interesting. Did you know that they investigated this and that there was like a graphic designer who was fired? Like they would have had some stuff about the one thing they could prove, which was the bank statements, but it wouldn't have gone as far to have known how far he took it. And it probably would have been all around the BBC stuff because again, this was this dramatic thing. And like, even without knowing what Martin Bashir had done, it was still a big deal to do this on the BBC, which had kind of been like the Queen's Network. It was still extremely like scandalous. It was still like this, this huge conflict around it. And then there are parts of that that it kind of feels like leads to all the same things that causes spoiler alert, but Diana to die. So 
it still would have kind of had that drama. We wouldn't have known like all kind of like the criminal activity that would lead up to it. And now that we do, and that's such a big and relevant deal, he felt that he had to be extended out to two episodes. So I, I do get that because I think there's a lot of content there. Maybe it could have been split up more elegantly, as we're saying, or if they could have had like a longer episode, like around all of those things in like one big TV event, considering what a big deal this was, like maybe that would have been the way to go about it. But I get that he was like struggling with how much content there was. I just think like, unless this does end up like actively killing the BBC, which it almost probably, almost definitely won't. No. Um, but the, the story's not over. So they, they probably will be fine. Like, I do think that the crown- They've paid a lot of money is what they yeah. Like and they paid money to- apologizing. Uh, yeah. To the, like, to the- yeah to the nanny uh where the fake abortion receipts Spencer. yeah yeah and Earl Spencer yeah yeah and then Patrick her personal secretary and like they, they might they might be more apologies to come but that's probably where the story is so I like when the crown deals in the gray I think that's when it's at its best um which is like I don't know that we can wrap this up in a neat little package like I felt that for example in like Margaret and Peter Townsend you know we always look back like we even had more newer, fresh insights about that this season because it was mm-hmm. such a complex situation where there was so much right and wrong done all around. And we can't, couldn't put like full blame necessarily like on the queen, but you know, like we, we took our sides in that in a way that you can interpret it any which way because it's such a complex situation. And I feel like that was actually done well here where there is like no perfect solution. Like at the end of the day, a lot of extreme bad came out of this interview. It was the result of basically a crime by what Martin Bashir did. Um, it is unscrupulous to a huge degree. There is a gutter journalism progressive point of it that they wouldn't get to if they wanted to be more traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are parts of it that it feels like led to all the things that caused Diana to die. At the other point of that, if they were to have Juki's mindset, the BBC probably doesn't exist today to, to apologize to a bunch of people in 2022, you know, like, so that's what it is. Like, it, mm-hmm. it, so I think all of those things are true and there is no probably perfect middle ground. There's like bad and good things about progressing, but it's like, it's necessary. And we can like, you can just try and do it in the best way you can, which they ironically were absolutely not. So I, I like the complexity of that. And I like that when I sat down to be like, all right, they're talking about, will it kill it or define it? Which one is it? Both and neither of those things are true, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the inner, I think the actual like content of the interview is really interesting. Prince William has said, I think this was uh, about a year ago, that he feels Perfect. like the um, the way that the interview was conducted changed how sort of brutal his mother gave answers, which I don't know, you know, I don't know that we can say that that's true or not. Yeah. Uh, he says it it definitely worsened the relationship between uh, Charles and Diana. I think that's one thing. I I do think uh, I'm I'm really good with the way that they handle the Diana Elizabeth stuff in this episode. And, you know, ironically, it's been a lot more William than I thought we were going to get this season. Uh, William asked Diana, please don't talk about dating life to me, please. I have too much on my plate. He essentially Mm -hmm. asked her that. Um, And and yeah. And so and he's he's seemingly with uh, the queen a lot, helping her with the TV. Um, But the the way that this. I, I think where I'm missing a little bit and what I thought a lot of the season would still be about was still a fair bit of like Charles and Diana. We've really gotten not much of that. We have them fighting on the ship and, and, and then there's the episode where it's all from Charles and we don't get any Diana. We have them like both at William getting to Eton college. And has there been like, like the, I guess the shopping scene, there's just been very little of like Charles and Diana interacting, which is a thing I thought, I know that they are, separated and we'll get a divorce but i kind of thought there might be 
more of that. And to the point I'm making, I guess, about William saying how the interview affected Diana, that it actually, that, so here's the interesting, because I, I, from, I think Elizabeth's point of view, this interview will only make it, so she, there's this question about whether or not she will be the queen of England. And so they are just separate at this That's point. That's crazy to me. Yeah, that, I guess that, I don't that understand is... separation and divorce. Actually, I'm like, I get, yeah. I get what separation is, but how would she still be the queen? Like, how would that even have worked? Like, let's just think through how weird that would have been. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things, like, he's he's gone and asked her for a divorce. They do not have a divorce yet. They are just separated. So they're not. But they wouldn't. No, they're not going to divorce. That's the whole point. Like, they're separated legally, and that was where they were going to leave it until this interview, which pushed them to a divorce. So right. that's because it was so much worse for the heir to get divorced. Well, so I, that's why I, she'd still be queen. Yeah, and I guess there's a whole thing about like, yeah, she'd still be like the the you know she's still the mother of the of the of the heir of an heir to the throne in terms of of William being third in line, you know, to the third, second, second, whatever, second. Yeah. Um, and that she would presumably that the situation means that she's still going to be heavily involved. I mean, she still lives in Kensington Palace. I think at this at this point, so. Yeah, that to me seemed wild. And so I, I feel like this idea that like, you know, what William's saying last year is like, yeah, it, it worsened their relationship. Like, was there ever a situation where this was just going to kind of be like, yeah, we're separated, but because we're part of like, because we're part that of the was monarchy, it. we're not actually going to be divorced. And like, That's this, it'll be this weird situation. That I mean, in retrospect, that feels like completely wild. That would have been very complicated. Think about how that would have played out. That would have been extremely complicated. Obviously, they do end up getting divorced anyway. So even if Diana had been alive, that would have been very different. But it really shows how complicated a lot of this would have been had, yeah, had that, that was their intention. That was not a good way to handle this, much like most things in the crown. Like, how were they thinking that? Well, the, what's the reason that you get legally separated without legally getting divorced? I feel like the idea is that- Religious you, reasons so and financial reasons and being the king reasons, I guess. Those three specific things, probably. In my head, I always thought, like, is, is it that, like- you might get back together. Is that a thing? Is that like that? A, that, that like... Yeah, I mean, trial separation. Yeah, I mean, that's the way that most people would think about separating as like you like you have to like legally separate. I think in Australia this is true. I'm not sure if it's true everywhere, but like legally mm -hmm. separate before you can actually get divorced to be like we we didn't just divorce in a day. You know, like over one fight, like we really thought about it for like I think it's a year in Australia um, compared to just like separating as like the final solution to something, which is what it seems like they were trying to do here. Um, which is probably not very relevant to most people. It probably is like a religious thing, a financial thing, or, you know, if you have your own reasons for wanting to do that. And then this very specific monarch situation, that's when they were going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so interesting to me that that's sort of like the the place they're in. Cause yeah, it's this like question of terrible plan. And she's asked, she gets asked in the interview, like, do you think you'll ever be queen? Um, and so, yeah, just as, is wild to me that like, yeah, this is where we're, we're at. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So yeah, the the interview. I th- yeah, I think we've talked through the BBC stuff, but I did really like. I liked the this because again, I think that uh, what you're talking about is living in the gray area. This has been one of I think the more unflattering versions of Diana. Even if I think she ultimately still comes out looking, you know, like she like she's a victim, right? Um, but also she has these conversations like with, with Will. The interactions with William, I think, paint a less rosy picture than the thing that we've that one of the most positive things people have always said about Diana is that she was such a good mom, which I think she she can be. This shows that like there were still complications with being, uh, you know, the mother of of William. Right. Um, And so I think that has been very interesting. And I think this interview is really interesting because she does feel like she has no other choice. Um, You know, there is it last episode where, where William says that Diana would like to see you. And she says, well, I'm available. Then when Elizabeth yeah. calls an emergency meeting and she's like, well, I'm busy, you know, you, you're never, never actually available. around. You're never <laughs> yeah. available. She's like, yeah, I'm working. It's called working. I'm super I'm like, busy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I don't, I, I don't know. It's like, this is so tough. Cause like, I think this is what, for me, this is what's like works the best and where the crown has always been the strongest in terms of these people are in such unique situations that like in the, there's another like version where like Elizabeth is just like, I'm really sorry yeah we should treat you better but like that's just like not what she's going to do um she's going to tell her like listen all we want is to be happy like for you to be happy and for one day to you to be our next queen that's like i think that that's i think that the second part is definitely true i think they're both true i think they're both true i do know they don't care if diana's happy there's no don't give them the benefit of that doubt you really don't think showing that to be true okay can i put i mean i think they wanted to be happy because it would be better for them because then she's talking about yes 
That is the huge asterisk. They would, they would, they would like for her to be happy to be Charles's husband. That's what they would like, right? That's what Elizabeth would like. Like, can't you just be happy with what you have? Essentially, right? Is what she means by yeah. "we wish you to be happy." But that we wish you to is- be quiet in happiness is what yeah. they mainly are saying. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. So I'm like, I'm saying yes, but I think it's like it's a gigantic asterisk. It's not like Diana's version of happiness, and I feel like yeah, Diana's sitting there being like, okay, you're saying all this stuff. She is she going to say that she's lying or that that's not and, and that they're not actually doing anything to make sure that that's true and that my her happiness is a different version of her happiness and also thinking, well, it's really going to be hard to do any of that once the interview comes out, knowing what she has said. So I think the scene is like incredibly fascinating and some of I actually really loved this like final yeah. scene between Diana and Elizabeth. I also love the scene. I have a lot of thoughts on the scene. I'd like to first speak about like where I feel like Diana fits in this. Because yes. I feel like that again is the thing the show does best in terms of like working within the gray. I think we we I think a lot of what has been missing has been how disconnected Charles and Diana have been in the season after so much of what was great about the last season was like how fiery and terrible, fiery, fiery. You mm-hmm. know, in, mm-hmm. in the again, it was like intoxicating but toxic um, through all of season four. And now it's like they're never together, so we don't get that dynamic. But it's also probably true of the fact that they weren't spending a lot of time together around this point, and they'll have to like put them in a situation like. For example, William started school for that to be true. Um, but I think that the way that Diana has been handled in these last few episodes has been really interesting and some of what the season has done the best because you see it from all sides. Like she is completely the victim in the situation, but she also has her own part to play. But it doesn't minimize her victimhood. That, like that's the thing is like yes. she has said and everyone close to her has said she almost definitely would have done an interview anyway, even if it had been on another network, which you now know is significant because we understand why the BBC is so important to this. But like, even if that had, this had not happened to Martin Machia hadn't been this person, an interview is still probably getting done. And the questions are probably a lot. Like I know that like Harry and William have always blamed Martin Bashir. I mean, now, especially now that it's come out and to how she was manipulated into doing the interview. But again, for like the question she asked rather than the answer she gave, because they were upset by it. Um, and, but like a lot of that is, her part to play but there's gray even within that take even away the victim status taking away mm-hmm. what's done to her her even having a say is gray because it's the fact that she's entitled to her voice the fact that she has tried everything else and we've seen her basically just like throwing herself against a wall to try and get anything to happen it's very insulting when elizabeth is like you could have these conversations privately and we've seen how shut down she's been at every turn it's important for her to have a voice and I would never criticize like Harry and Meghan now for the fact that they've done that I feel like that's absolutely their right I think where kind of the culpability comes in is the fact that like she is a parent and it is harmful to her children and I don't want to put more on this on her as a mother than Charles Charles did it too and he shouldn't have done it either but they've both been in this like public divorce and dispute that really puts their children in a really difficult spot like I feel like for Harry and Meghan they have this like family unit that they're protecting Obviously, the kids are too young to even understand what's happening compared to like teenagers, basically, as well. But like they're protecting this like core family unit. Whereas with Diana, she doesn't have anyone and it's so individual and she's splintering something where it's not just that her children are these children of divorce, but her son is the heir. So if she's fighting against the monarchy, it's not just against the queen who has a minute for her and her ex husband who will be king, it's against her son who will be king after that. So there's so much complexity to that. And I feel like she doesn't come across well in that way. Like when the queen who has no right to parent shame in and of her own right, but when she's like, what about William? She is right in that. You know, I think she's been maybe a little bit of a softer grandmother than a mother in, in many ways. 
she's right in that. And the thing that, that gets me with that is that Diana isn't like, yes, I've already thought this through. I've already put protections in place or therapy in place or something like that, that is going to help William and Harry. She's like, oh, I'll just, I'll tell them not to watch it. And it's again, her being almost like naively obtuse or like unacceptably obtuse about her impact. Like she was last episode of like, I'll just tell them not to watch it. I was like, oh, I guess I'll just never hear about it then. It probably will just never come up this big interview. You know, there's some <laughs> uh -huh. lack of consideration that she hasn't even thought through how it will affect, we see like Hazan Khan, he's a private person, he's kind of watching it, how it's going to affect the people in her life and the people that she has to give care to and her children. So I think that that is important and all of the blame that they put on Martin Bashir is warranted. You know, like even if she, mm -hmm. whether she was going to do this or not, or she, you know, she was 90% of the way in and he pulled her 10% or he pulled her 100%, it doesn't matter. Like he's still absolutely the, the villain in this for having done that. But then there is the other side of that with her still extremely valid victim status in this, that is her choice. The first time, the first agency she's had in a while, her using her voice, which is so important, but also hurts other people and does hurt her kids, which is something that we do have to be critical of for her as a parent. Yeah, and then what's why is that like when you say like yeah, it's um her getting to choose to do it. She only chooses to do it because she's been misled by his journalist. But she it's would like have chosen. So that's why it's so hard to pass out is like but the fact that she, would oh, she would... doesn't matter to the fact that she was also manipulated, which is like yeah, an evil in and of itself. But if she so did tough. it somewhere where they're not... So, because the thing I was saying last episode, which is that the kind of sad thing is that a lot of this... Like, there's a, a lot of evidence probably to show, not as much as Martin Bashir concocted, but there'd be evidence to show... Like, the the, the reason why the evidence works is because she's feeling that way anyway she just doesn't actually have some of the evidence to actually like put you know words to it and it's that it's 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 the level of evidence that she finds from the crown it's she believes it's the crown itself who is like do, which i do think like i don't know if there's evidence to shit but like that she they were make they were keeping tabs on her they were like maybe listening into her phone calls like the fact that those things would have been happening. It's just that there's like a mountain of evidence that she now believes, okay, it definitely, it's definitely hundred percent happening. That gives her such conviction in the interview to say things that she might not have said if she was in another interview, even if there's like, you know, even if she still believes it to be true, she doesn't have the evidence to, 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 to actually maybe say it. Yeah. If she does it with Oprah or Barbara Walters, right? Like those interviews maybe look and they might, the, the crown probably still doesn't like it, um, but it might not be as like this. This I mean, the, the, this episode is called Gunpowder, partially because she does the interview on a guy Fox night, also known as like Bonfire Night or Fireworks Night. Um, that uh, that's the episode. But it is also like it, it, it is sort of like uh, it's a really hard coming. There's no going back to the point that you say that this is the thing that will actually cause them to get divorced um, rather than just you probably would have said. Yeah, like enough. Like, I mean, I, I agree. He said in the interview about being spied on, which I did look up because we didn't know last episode. And I like remember we thought like it was going to be pretty vague. Like the re reason mm -hmm. they keep it vague was probably like there's enough like evidence that it probably was happening, but there's nothing like hardline enough that they could like say it as a fact. Now it's like like Martin Bashir stuff as an example. So like yeah, the the break thing apparently is true that her breaks cut and she didn't know why. Mm -hmm. Um, she's obviously had her own leaked phone call like yes. Charles did. So like there was concerns as well that like that could have come from like basically the call coming from inside the house. So they, they, it was, it basically is how it is. Like she believed that to be true 
and maybe it even was, but we don't know for sure. And that's why the crown shows that in its vague way, which I do continue to think they do that stuff really, really well. Like that is a hard line to walk and they've always done that stuff well, but he does make it worse, but I still think like the interview would have been inflammatory enough to be like the interview of the century regardless. Like she had some things she was going to and she's already done the book. Like that's the thing as well. I agree. Part of the time yeah. that was her saying it, but she'd said a lot of similar things. This was, the thing that was notable about this was for the first time she was admitting that it was coming from her, but she yeah. had said so much of this about how she'd struggled mentally about her marriage. Um, it had been in the book. So I know that for Harry and William, they put all of it onto Martin Bashir. I'm, I, I'm trying to like, what I'm trying to say is basically like Martin Bashir is like a hundred percent to blame, which kind of should make Diana zero percent to blame, but that's not true. Like he can have the whole pie, but she has her own stuff in it. But right. even with that stuff, she still has an entitlement to, to have her agency. I just think for me, the, the hard thing is just about her kids. Like I think the way mm-hmm. they've kind of treated William in the last few episodes has been some of the best stuff that the season has done as well. Like I've really enjoyed seeing him struggle with that. Like he has to be like the more kind of mature person in this relationship with Diana. And he, like at this point, they do it every single season where these new victims come up and we see people who are victims perpetuate things onto other victims. And Diana's yep. now becoming that to a degree. And yep. William is the ultimate victim in the situation. Um, so even in her extreme victimhood, like Charles before her, like the queen before him, she will still do a wrong unto him. And especially as a parent, Charles as well shouldn't have done it. You know, that should not be what they're doing. So I do think that that is interesting because they really do get into that complexity in a way that I think actually works really well. And you still, you feel for her because like when they say, why is she doing with the BBC? Oh, because she feels so safe with us, you know, but right. over like, I like can be very persuasive. So they, you know, they really show that like she was misled in a way that was so criminal. It is so connected to things that are going to kill her. Like it could not be darker. And I don't want to take away from that while also saying like she has her part to play. Yeah. Um, both uh, William and Harry have released like statements about, uh, yeah, this whole thing, and they're really fascinating to 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 read. Uh, Harry's in particular um, is I mean they're both they're both very powerful. Um, let, let's talk about William for a bit because he's he's again he shows up again in this episode. Um, if yeah, the TV, which is yeah. definitely how the like the how the, the, the Buckingham Palace would be getting their TVs fixed by William. This man is That's heir right. to the throne. Get in an AV guy. Like <laughs> you can't afford yep. to spray your guy to fix a freaking TV. And if we want to talk about um heavy-handed writing again which like again i I don't i don't mean to always say like i I, i'm very much like poking fun at it i actually don't mind it as like it's like comes with the show but every once in a while you get this like very heavy-handed piece of dialogue which is as as william is trying to fix the t as as elizabeth hands the remote back over to william to fix the tv uh the queen mother is like and this is so funny she's so she's so linked to television <laughs> like her uh, all of her you know, she's been on tv her whole life you know and i just like yeah, okay, like yeah but the thing yeah. is like i really appreciated that information because i do think that it made it all so symbolic like the the, the yeah. themes are really there but like it is so unfortunate that they have to have it all come in the exposition from the queen mother also like, I feel like I would have let go the William is fixing the TV thing. And, like, yeah. I would have even waited that poetic license if it hadn't come right after that, like, first scene that I already felt was so heavy-handed. <laughs> and then the line of the yeah. episode was when they had to give the information of, like, the fact that Juki had lost his leg. It's like, he'd rather yeah, give up I his know. other leg because BT dubs, he lost his first leg no. as a yeah. person. Yeah, the, the BBC now being the know. furniture. Yeah. Like, there's just a lot. Yeah, like, so literally bad. talking through the metaphors. Um, it's not the tv that's broken it's us 
uh, this channel, this TV contains multitudes like me, the queen, you know, it's <laughs> like, yeah, uh, I did like it uh, when she's like trying to skip past like Richard Simmons and Beavis and Butthead. She's like, no, just put on the racing or the BBC, please. Come on. Um, mm, but uh, yeah, it was it's the kind racing of... never betrays her like the BBC did, though. It's true. <laughs> uh, I do feel it's a it's, you know, very interesting. Yeah, we're getting like a little bit of like William and the queen hanging out. I love like, it. Having tea. I love it, too. Yeah. She's a I grandmother really after it. all. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's a big way to go into softening the characters. We felt that they were going to do in saying that I felt like the queen was so interesting in this episode because I felt like the, she was totally wrong in her scene with Diana. Agreed. Um, and I felt like it was like a character regression and not in a bad way. Like I like the fact that like people don't just go in like one direction, like, you know, I'm, I'm growing as a human and, or oh, I'm getting worse. And I'm just, like, I'm just on that trajectory. Like sometimes people, you can be like, this is actually something that I think is interesting. You can be like a, and she has her flaws with William. Like she's, you know, kind of critical of Diana in front of him, but she's a good grandma, but she's a bad mother-in-law. And I think that's an interesting thing about people. It's like, you can be a good blank, but a bad something else. Like you can see that, like, right. you, can be like you know, you're a, you're a good partner to me, but a bad, you know, like you, there, there are right. different roles that you perform. And like, it's how much you are aware, I guess, of like the people in your life. It's like, well, they, 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 they treat me well, but there's this other thing that they're, maybe not doing as well and I think that that's true of a, a lot of things so what I find so interesting with this is that the queen while being a great really good grandmother to William and I really love that relationship um developing she's like so wrong with the Diana stuff and always has been and continues to be yes. like I felt in yes. that like big epic kind of argument at the end which well not argument I mean Diana was pretty muted but she knew that the, the gunpowder as such was about to go off in different ways um but I felt like in that confrontation which, which was a scene I agree I really enjoyed she couldn't be more wrong she's like actively gaslighting Diana to be like it's all a figment of your imagination like patently untrue like we we don't just like you I strongly feel that they do dislike her like I think we've seen I, we, we don't yeah, I love you I won't hug you. you but I want you to be happy and don't don't come see me bye <laughs> yeah and like yeah. also it's like you don't even know people say you're terrible and I don't agree with them like publicly like I do, you know what she does not say that? do you know what role she does she's not say she's she's like when people complain about you I sit silently <laughs> <laughs> I only agree in my mind but I don't I, verbalize I it. don't affirm it I don't yeah. nod my head yeah. <laughs> yeah. As if like the the queen would never like openly bitch about Diana uh, other than to like Margaret and Philip, because that's not what the royals do. Can you imagine the stories right. being written if something like that got out? Like that, like everything is for them. Like, as we've said, she fully contradicts herself about, oh, well, she knows where to find me versus like, we're busy, Diana. We can't always be thinking about it's you. work. <laughs> yeah. We have, we have engagements to get to. Okay. So oh. no, but like, she's so wrong in that. I really do feel like there's, I, I know the word gaslighting is thrown around a lot, but when she literally said it's a figment of your imagination about yes. something that we all know is hundred percent true. How can that be shown as anything other than gaslighting? And she, and she has no accountability for the fact of like what her, ridiculously extreme role in this would have done to contribute to this happening which is so upsetting because she just learned to apologize like That's four so episodes true. ago she like there's no yeah, like that everybody around her suffers more than and she gets all the benefits she can acknowledge that but it's like but not you not you yeah Tana. she's not yeah. there yet and i wish there was a world and it's not the crown we always have, but like i wish it was like wow you have taken some pretty extreme steps this is all about to explode even like if it was just fake to get the interview not to go ahead. I mean, I guess she knows it's too late, but it's not like we really made you feel a type of way, didn't we? 
a way that you have said is suicidal. Like we have really made you feel that bad. And like, I was the parent in the situation. Like I had a large role in the fact that you even like got together. Like I, like as the monarch anyway, like I am responsible for pretty much everything. And she still has no awareness. Of, like it, it has to all be put on like Diana is unstable. It has to all be that. Whereas like, as we know, like maybe like parts of that, as we're saying, like she's not a perfect person, but like has been a huge victim to this thing. And then also has been like such a huge victim to the system. And we know that Elizabeth is not only the system, but was like particularly personally culpable in the situation and has just like no humility, not even like personal humility, not even like, well, I can't let Diana know that I know that I was in the wrong, but then I'm like going to go sit or like talk to Philip about, or, you know, just, you just like sit personally and think like, this was one of the biggest screw-ups of my entire career as a queen. I don't even think she's doing yeah. that. So that's yeah. like why I say there's like that regression from how far she came a few episodes I don't ago. Think she'll or like do it until how she's softening. Yeah. Diana but does. like I, yeah. I enjoy that. I enjoy um yeah, me too. the fact yeah. that she's yeah, not not like perfect. Like she's a very complex person. And in this case, she's like completely in the wrong. Yeah, because yeah, because she's like again, the thing about like, I want you to be happy. It's only in the version of happiness that the queen can dream and think that like you just be fine being Charles's wife and let him do whatever he's doing. And you just be there and be fine and be whatever yeah. you're doing, but don't make too much noise and don't. Yeah. Whatever. I think the relationship with William is really interesting in the sense that I wonder if William has kind of turned out to be sort of like, I know we talked about, like you said that there is some stuff about like him potentially, you know, whatever there's some stuff about him, but well, for I the most part, like, he has, it yeah. Is, yeah, it's all rumors. I mean, it okay. was exactly what I thought. Yeah. It's just I like, feel like, he, I feel like he has a pretty, no one knows anything. I feel like he has a pretty squeaky, squeaky image from like my very casual, like my, you know, like following the crown. And I wonder if like, that's something that like, that's, what is like a draws Elizabeth to, to, to like, not just because he's uh, his grandmother, but also like, we're not seeing anything with Harry. And I, you know, I don't think that we're going to get to the point where like, we're ever talking about like Harry leaving the Royal family on the crown. But like, I wonder, I, I would just imagine that Elizabeth's relationship with William is maybe a little bit better than her relationship with Harry, just from the fact that like William kind of fits the mold of like, basically what she wants, like, Charles to be like what she what she wants anybody who's in the system to be like which is just like kind of just like go about your business do your job get married to a woman have kids don't divorce them and you'll be fine you'll be great you'll do you'll do great as the as the monarch yeah. one day yeah 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 and you have you have like the weight of the world kind of like on him and he really yeah. has been easily the most mature person in this entire situation with like the difficulties that he has in it even to the fact that like he's like he's like, well, I'm gonna go now. The second that it's like Diana yeah, has a new, like, he just wants everyone to just stop, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I really enjoy that. It's it's again that very generational thing that the crown does. They did it really, really well with Elizabeth and Charles, and I, I actually didn't Agreed. expect really to get that with William. I don't know why. Maybe yeah. because I just expected. Well, he is. He's he's young. I didn't know. We didn't really he's get a that little Charles until he was a young yeah. adult. Other than that, like Agreed. one school episode, but they they went there, and I really enjoy that. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That like, uh, I feel like the first time we really get something with Charles, he's a little bit older than William is yeah. now. So I was not expecting um, him to show up. I kind of thought that perhaps he'd be a, a season six uh, yeah. focus. But no, it's been it's been it makes sense. Again, I think from the fact that um, as we're like looking at Diana's last years to like hone in on how that affected who will be uh, the next king after the king we currently have presumably um i think that you know obviously from like these state again when you look at these statements like it's so clear how much they feel like um the media the, the like let her down i think uh and so yeah 
Um, yeah. Is mm-hmm. there anything else from this episode? I just think in terms, I could leave this for the plugs, but I, I think like in terms, I actually have like, I, <laughs> yeah, have, you some, I have a ton of plug content. No. <laughs> okay, um, well, and just in terms of like the theming. Yes. Um, I, I actually think, it's again, it's so hot. The storytelling didn't work for me, but the themes themselves did. Like there's been this like, overarching thing of like Elizabeth feeling like the world is leaving her behind. And I also think that's fascinating to like looking at the fact that like she's not looking as inward. Like the way she feels like personally hard done by obviously, but probably by the BBC, by this mm-hmm. TV that won't work, by the fact that she's just like is overwhelmed by these things. It's all everyone's fault. It's Diana's fault. It's not her fault. And she's like not looking at that. And you kind of like, you feel sympathy for a lot of that because it's probably how a lot of like older people feel when things are like moving a little too fast on them. Like that's how I feel probably sometimes. I'm very bad at technology as well. I couldn't fix the TV. But mm-hmm. um, you, know, you feel sympathy in that. But then she's also like not looking internally at the things that like are her fault. Like part of you wants to be like, Elizabeth, like snap out of it. You know, like not everything. You're not like the ultimate victim in this. Like we just learned that recently. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and as much as I feel sorry for you in these things, like like just like try and keep up a little more, or, like be more accepting of this and then try and like mo- move on with it, you know? So I think that it all kind of worked well with that. And I think that um, in terms of like the complexity of the BBC stagnating or progressing i think that connected well to what we've seen with the monarchy monarchy too which we've also said is complex in different ways like the monarchy like objectively should progress like it's it's strange how like outdated it is in so many ways but like technically with like all the rules of the monarchy it shouldn't so i think like the bbc kind of shows that it's complexity in its own different ways but i think the fact that they don't wrap up even that neat little package as well i think in terms of the monarchy progressing i think that that was done well so the more I thought about it, I really did think the themes worked. Um, they connected a lot of different things that were just like strangely applicable. Like the like it like it was on Guy Fawkes Night. It was like this thing. Like yeah, I, I see why Peter Morgan went in this like really dramatic way. Like they did come in under the cover of saying like we're here with like the audio equipment. Like it was like this heist under the cover of darkness, like the Guy Fawkes thing. Like it's it was crazy the symbolism to be true, to the point where it really didn't need to be pointed out to us as much as it was because it's so on the nose. Um, So maybe that's what it was, just like leaning in too much. But like, it's really bizarre how like factually symbolic so much of this stuff was. Uh, The one night only montage didn't work for me at all. It did not work for me. I didn't like it. Yeah, it didn't, I don't know, the wrong song choice, I think maybe like, I don't know. I didn't like it. It's such an epic interview. Like it's it's so important. I think just you could have basically silence and her saying, like dropping Agreed. these bombs and having Agreed. people react. Like, I guess that they're like, Elizabeth isn't there. It is her anniversary. Like she's like experiencing it in this different way. And they try to do that. But I just, it did not, I didn't, I didn't get the symbolism as much. And I thought it was only distracting from this, like basically like epicenter of the season, like this pinnacle scene. And yeah. I, yeah, it didn't work for me, especially because they'd already done the like, thing that's happening versus like extreme symbolism montage once in this episode yeah i agree and then my question was like where where is everybody else in this episode like where this season if it's like they again they like shine the spotlight on somebody and maybe you get cameo but every yeah everybody else is working (laughs) they're at their jobs you only get you get one thing from charles's episode where he's like what is she doing in the background yeah there's no no real fill he's like at the he's at the show uh no ann no margaret um i yeah, yeah just to kind of miss i know and i get that like as they're older probably they all kind of like they're less likely to be around but i don't know it's the thing again i'm still feeling that like i'm hoping in the last two episodes maybe we'll get a little bit more of like 
yeah. this is everybody but i don't know i don't know that's been one but thing. I, yeah i was interested in charles's reaction because i thought i mean they weren't Agreed. enjoying everything that was happening with like three of us in the marriage but then like his major reaction is to what she's talking about with his like how good of a king he'll be which we know that charles cares very much about and really yes. like my ultimate like lingering feeling of that was like and a lot of what is my feeling has been in the season is like my heart goes out to camilla like i know she was the other one and she's like this hated person but her life is like defined by being like the most famous mistress of all time Agreed. and that's just like not a fun thing to be like watching her like sit there watching another interview that's yep. about her that's yep. going to have like a material effect on her life that's going to have her be slut shamed compared to one of the most beloved people of all time in diana like they call her plain jane like there's such an element of like extreme sexism to it and like she doesn't have her interview where's like the big camilla i mean i don't think that that happened and it maybe i'm wrong i don't think camilla had this like big tv interview instead it's just like everyone talking about her her never getting to have her voice and i know she's the other woman and she made that's again like the gray in that that's her decision she did the wrong thing in that and i know that like we diana discussed like the pure trauma of camilla we know the grain that they, they did love each other and were like kept apart and it was complicated. All those things. Whatever she did, I truly don't feel like it could have necessitated like the level of hate and sexism and like the experience that this has been her whole lifetime. Like this is the overwhelming experience of her life. And whatever choices that she made in that, it was just hard to watch her watch another interview where they talk about Camilla and she's like, she doesn't have her voice in that. And like even like the fact that like Diana had her tapes and like at first they called that Diana Gate and then like. Camilla and Charles had their tapes and it's Camilla Gate. It's always the woman. It's not Charles and yep. Diana Gate. It's like the two nope. royals. Like it's the Camilla Gate. You know, like there's so much on that. And like, I feel like the extreme sexism that she experienced in the 90s by being this like incredibly iconic mistress. And I just think watching that and the fact that like Charles is, Charles d does deeply care about Camilla and does protect her and was upset about that. But it's like, then it gets to the King stuff and it like sends him over the edge. I'm like, I'm upset about what Camilla's going through. Like she really has been dragged through the mud through a lot of this. And I just... I don't feel like any of that could have been deserved, even for like the fact that she made the choice to be an adulterer with him. So I thought that was interesting. I really, I, like, I agree. Really do, like, I told about being a child sympathizer. Like, I'm just going to come along. Yeah, Camilla. Say, yeah. So bad about it. For Camilla. No, I totally agree. I feel like she gets, yeah, she, like, I remember from being a kid, like, they'd be like jokes about sort of. They hate her. Camilla. Yeah. People hate her. Yeah. And I remember I was at, um, I was at a wedding the weekend the queen died. I remember that I was heading up to a wedding and there was a uh, uh, someone from from Britain there and someone said, oh, and now it's Queen Camilla. And she said, no, 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 she's not not the queen. Uh, she she is. She is the queen. She was named the queen. Uh, uh, Elizabeth made sure that she's the queen uh, of the United Kingdom. So uh, she's queen consort, but she's still queen of, queen of the United Kingdom. Uh, so, yeah, but a few people, I think, still have this like it is just because Diana was so beloved so i agree yeah. with you more yeah uh give us yeah camilla uh well totally i hated camilla obviously but like it's all about like sure. putting women against each other and like i mean like sure. they were they were truly against each other but like no one's gonna talk badly about camilla without like mentioning her looks how gendered is that like how you know like, you know what i'm saying like yes. really think about it it's really yes. terrible what <laughs> what she was put through in like these are kind of like yesteryear decades as um, uh, just as yeah. a as a tip to uh, if, if you're thinking about insulting someone over their looks, uh, uh, think about if they've done anything else awful, and then you can look for for that thing. Uh, and if they haven't, then there's no reason to insult that person. Uh, so you know, just don't insult people based on their look. Don't talk about people's yeah, looks. That's such a huge uh, thing. That, but that's the whole yeah. thing. We saw the last episode that was like plain Jane. That like yeah. that's what you know must be yeah. tough. 
It was, yeah. And she even said, like, you know, how beloved Diana was. We saw that in the last season. Like, one of the main reasons she didn't want to kind of go there was that she didn't want to be compared. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, tough. Uh, all right. Anything else from the episode? I'll get to it. Save some plugs. for the plugs. All right. Yeah. Well, what else do you got going on, Shannon? Um, I'm covering Survivor, International Survivor Half Up Speed, yes. and that is ending pretty soon. And then I'm doing this. Okay. Um, we got a juicy, uh, we got juicy feedback from Spencer, uh, uh, our friend Spencer, who's named Christiana, yes. who uh, sent it in in preparation for episode 10 or a feedback show. So I, I've not uh, read it. I'm advised not to read it, but it's a long email. I'm excited to, to talk about some of the things, uh, things in there. So um, just a lot to dive into with two episodes left, Shannon. Yeah. I mean, I guess I should give my plug content now. I want, this is yeah. a little one. The queen just kind of like gabbing with her friends. Like I know she has late. Oh yeah. Lady, that was it was weird. strange yeah. to see, right? Like, yeah. That was weird. Um, that's just a little, I also have, oh, I really like the way that the show like subtly criticizes and also puts so much impact on like how wrongly connected all these institutions are. Like there's always mm. been, like he even says like the guy forcing was very political, but it was like a religious, like they wanted like a Catholic King. So it's like very, um, royal very religious and then it was also like political so like oh, that, all those things are connected and then like to also connected to the media i think is like really a fascinating thing that was the other one that was my other favorite william moment when he's in class they're talking about guy fox night and it's like yeah and they wanted to kill the prince of wales and everyone's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like well, that's you yeah. buddy <laughs> so much to kill me so much yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um yeah, I don't know much about, about Fox, killing the king when you will be the king, you know. That's all. <laughs> true. Yeah, this is in class. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Poor guy. So I think that's all I have. <laughs> I think I think that's my that's right. my plug content. But yeah, I mean, like the the show, like usually, like it uses Charles as like a mouthpiece to be like, this is the wrong thing. But I enjoy them like really shedding a light on that. Like all these things shouldn't be so combined. Should the head of the government also be the head of state? Also be the head of like the major news network? Like almost definitely not. So yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, Duke, Dukey, he, his resignation is not accepted, I think, by the end of the episode, right? Uh, does he stay on? Does he stay on for, or did he actually No, resign? I think, well, I think that was it. Yeah. He resigned? So yeah. Should the queen have a channel? That's weird. <laughs> mm, she has, she has multiple because here, do you have a, do you, we have a, the CBC, the Canadian Broadcast Network, which is. Uh, you have ABC. Yeah. You have ABC. Um, yeah. That's kind of, because there's a big ABC in America. Mm. Yeah. yeah, no, that's not, it's different. Yeah. No. Obviously. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I'm also talking about another Netflix show, 1899, here on Post Show Recaps with uh, Ariel and Rich. And Ariel and I also do weekly movie coverage. Uh, yeah, we recently chatted about Violent Nights. Uh, we're to be chatting about Avatar: Way of Water coming up. So lots of fun stuff there. Over on Rob as a podcast, I have Roll Call, the uh, board game show. Uh, bring on. Uh, Rob has a podcast, personalities, and play board games. So uh, check out the replays over on Twitch and YouTube. I'm on Twitter at Hi From Grace. We'll be back in a few days' time with our episode nine, the penultimate episode of the Crown season five. Uh, couple thirty-one. It's the name of the episode, Shannon. So excited to chat about that. Um, all right. Once until then, we under on the metaphors. Yeah. Oh, so many, so many. Wait, uh, can we do it? We should start writing. We should do it for the finale. We should start. We should write our. We should do like the basically the Jeff preps asking like, "What's Survivor like?" You'd be like, "What's the crown? What's it like being in the crown?" You know, what's we'll it like being the metaphors. queen? It's like yeah. being a, uh, an old boat. 
is this broken TV? Is this did Rob do this with a guest once where he like uh like mad libs basically like uh like you know a pen? How is a pen like being like being the queen? <laughs> yeah, like 100%. Being the queen. Yeah. sometimes it runs out of ink and then you feel like wow, yeah. Maybe right. they could get someone in who has more ink, and then I think about my own mortality. That's what it's like <laughs> being the queen. And then they get a new, yeah, they get a new monarch, yeah. a new pen. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. See, perfect, perfect. Yeah. Uh, the that's old, really the old, game. the old queens were fancier with like feathers. And like... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, exactly. yeah, that could be fun. Uh, send us in your like uh, things you want us to meta metaphorize. Uh, send us in your, for the queen. Yeah. yeah, send us in us... any inanimate yeah. object or anything and we will make it a queen metaphor the, yeah, basically the, the mad, mad libs style yeah, yeah you send us your mad libs word we'll make it a metaphor for the, the monarchy or the queen or whatever yeah yeah okay, sounds fun all right we'll be I back in a few it. days time yeah. all, right. all right until then <laughs> bye bye Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.